I grew up in a place that was pitch black at night. Our small cattle ranch in southwest Montana sat in a narrow valley 20 miles from the nearest town and over an hour from the nearest small city. Each night the sky over our ranch filled up with so many stars that they looked like a cloud overhead. The Milky Way was so crowded with stars and galaxies that it looked like, looked like starlit cotton candy. If you've ever seen it looking like that, you know what I'm talking about. Starlit cotton candy. The moon alone held power over the stars and the darkness, frosting winter fields with silver light. Our family lived in a large white farmhouse, and my grandmother lived just up the road in a little old log cabin. Because we lived so far from town, we were unable to get television reception, and there was no cable TV or satellite TV in those days. As a consequence, I spent many evenings of my childhood listening to my grandmother read aloud from classic children's books. Books such as Treasure Island, Riders of the Purple Sage, Little House on the Prairie and Peter Pan filled my imagination with vivid characters. If the Harry Potter series had been written, I know that I would have enjoyed it too very much. After she was finished reading, Grandma would loan me her battery-operated lantern to walk home alone with. The distance between the two houses was only about a hundred yards, but in total darkness it came alive with imagined danger for a young boy. Some nights I thrilled at the way that the lantern pushed back the shadows, allowing me to pass like Moses through the Red Sea. Other nights, the blackness swallowed me whole, and I could feel on the back of my neck the breath of whatever monster I had conjured up. Wolves and cougars and pirates threatened me from every side. These nights the lantern was of little help. Clutching it, I would race down the gravel road from my grandmother's house, barely making it to our own kitchen door before being eaten alive. <laughs> the poet Wendell Berry says to us, to go into the dark with a light is to know the light. To know the dark, go dark, he says. Go without sight and find that the dark, too, blooms and sings and is traveled by dark feet and dark wings. Winter solstice is about going into the darkness, physically and metaphorically. As the days get shorter and shorter, night flexes its muscles this time of year. When we first notice that the light is less, a tinge of primeval angst strikes us. In autumn, the loss of evening light means warm days are numbered and preparations must be in order for winter. We can feel winter coming and savor the bright autumn days as one savors the last chapter a spellbinding novel, eager for the story, but sad that it will end. And so we too, again this year, have slipped minute by minute into winter, 
We have given up daylight savings time for another year. It is dark when we rise and leave for work or school. It is dark when we return home from work or school. But Wendell Berry tells us to go into the dark. We have to know this dark and become at home in this dark. If that takes courage and faith, that means leaving the lantern behind. The road we have taken a hundred times becomes a mystery in the dark. A person we have relied on for years changes or dies or moves away. A job that once defined us ends and we are left to redefine ourselves. Children grow up. Relationships change. Illnesses come and go. We are visited by a depression or a meanness. Clutching lanterns, we too plunge down that gravel road, not sure what we are afraid of but certain that it has teeth. Each desert of the soul can feel endless. Each death drains us. Each fear holds such terrible power that we see little way out of it. And then, and then someone else lights a candle in our lives. Then someone else creates a bit of light in a corner of our lives. Someone or something turns the tide, stops the sinking, begins the cycle over again. Winter solstice arrives just when we need it most. I have to smile as I drive the darkened streets and roads around here at night. Everywhere people are lighting their houses and yards in styles ranging from tastefully minimalist to overwhelmingly garish. (laughs) I must say that I honestly prefer the garish. (laughs) People do not decorate this way in the cities. They simply don't have the space. Around here, my favorite yards are the ones that are lighted with plastic nativity scenes, complete with camels and palm trees, flanked by Santa and his reindeer on one side and Frosty the Snowman on the other side. You know these yards. Hundreds of lights, all different colors and sizes. No little white Martha Stewart lights for these people. No tasteful, let's just stick to a theme this year, sterility in these yards. It's every light strung, every plastic or blow-up figure displayed. To hell with the power bill. And the only regret, that there isn't room for more. These yards are modern-day bonfires, built to light the night and cheer us on to spring. Those neighbors, the yard is so lit up at night that you practically need sunglasses, may actually struggle most with melancholy this time of year. They may not know why they have plugged in extension cords to every available outlet, or why they risked life and limb to hang those dangly icicle lights. My guess is that they need those lights. They need to see hope in their own front yards. We have no way of knowing how many people struggle with depression in America. We have no way of knowing how many families live paycheck to paycheck. We can't tell by driving by a house 
if the people inside have been touched by death this year or not. But we know that depression, poverty, and grief hit people hard during the holidays. We know that suicide and domestic violence and drunk driving grow up. Pastors, doctors, nurses, social workers, and police officers know the downside of the holiday season. They know the need for bonfires. They know the need for the light to return. They know the need for hope and goodwill. They know the need for winter solstice. It is no mystery to me why humans in northern climates have always needed to ritualize the returning of the sun each year. Rituals give flesh and bones to feelings. Each ritual brings its own light to the season. Through them we are brought back to the core of what is good and decent and right in life. We need these rituals. To remember that we are not alone. To remember that what we do with our lives matters. Each light we light points us toward life and abundance. Each light we light calls forth goodness from us. Tonight is the longest night. Tomorrow will be just a hair longer than today was. Learn from the darkness and rejoice in the returning of the light. We need both and we need each other. So be it. <laughs>